Wow, you are all awesome. Granted, most of you who listened to my first episode are probably family and friends. Nonetheless, I receive praise and critique. Here are some noteworthy comments. You made a podcast. What is a podcast? And what is Colors in Action? Great question. Not to name any names. These are from my mom and dad. So I would like to take some time to explain. Growing up, I've always seen my father working. He was a really hardworking man. As I got older, my mom started to work too. From my perspective, they seemed to enjoy what they did. I never went hungry in my home. They encouraged us to dream, to become doctors or lawyers. But as I grew up, most of the adults I knew and grew up with worked warehouse, airline, construction, and yate, some sort of customer service. By the time I was finished with high school, those dreams of becoming a doctor or a lawyer were more like nightmares. Now, with this Colors in Action podcast, my hope for this platform is to build a bridge for those young and old to hear stories from normal people who chose to act on those dreams. People of color who became owners of the warehouses, owners of thriving construction businesses, lawyers, doctors, and CEOs. With that being said, this is just the beginning of my podcasting journey. The guests who will be coming onto the show are from my personal relationships. I know for a fact, if my teenage self knew these people back then, I would think that these people are inspiring, motivating, and extraordinary. Without further delay, thank you for listening to episode two, Blood, Sweat, and Hard Work. In this interview, you will be hearing from a medical laboratory scientist. She is highly intelligent, a spiritual giant, and an excellent example of a loving mother. She does it all. My friend, Rachel Purcell Dock. Rachel, I appreciate you, and thank you for joining me in Colors in Action. I'm so excited to have you here. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself or to the audience, those who are listening? Uh, yeah, my name is Rachel Dopp. Um, my maiden name is Purcell. I was born and raised in Las Vegas and grew up there and loved it. I had a great experience, but after high school, I went to school at BYU in Provo, so that's when I first moved to Utah, got married in 2016, and we've lived in St. George. We've lived in Provo, St. George, and now we live in Bountiful. My husband's Kyle, and we have two kids. Our son is Teruo, and he's five years old. And we also have a two-year-old daughter named Kyra, and we have one on the way. So that's a little bit about me. Well, congrats on the new one. I, I don't think I've met Kyra yeah. yet, so I'm excited. Yeah, we have two, too. I don't know if you guys met Yemi either. Yeah, so. we haven't met your youngest, but yeah, they're they're fun. Yeah. Kyra, she's got an attitude. She's feisty. But. 
Yeah, probably just like the mom, right? No. <laughs> okay, cool. That's awesome. Well, excited to see your family and congrats. How far are you along? Um, about 13 weeks. So um, baby should be due in October. Cool. Congratulations. It's a lot, lot, lot of work to be a mother, uh, a mom of three. Thank you for sharing that by yourself. The purpose of the Colors in Action, I'm kind of trying to send a message to the next generation that, you know, whatever dreams you have or passions that you have, go ahead and do it. I I know that we have a lot of family and friends in fields like labor and construction and airline jobs, and those are fine. I just want to give some more resource to the next generation or even to those who are our age or older that... It's never too late to find your passion and follow your dreams. So kind of give some more detail into what you're doing and talk about that. Yeah, um, I went to school at BYU and I got my bachelor's degree in medical laboratory science. It's a field that not a lot of people know about, but it's pretty important in healthcare. So we do a lot of testing in the laboratory, like blood tests. So there's different departments, but there's uh, chemistry, like they test your glucose and potassium and other vital things like that. There's hematology, where they test your blood count. There's microbiology with uh, COVID. That was a big, that was a busy department because they were doing all the COVID testing. But I work in transfusion, in transfusion, and what we do there is when patients need transfusions, for example, like a lot of cancer patients are anemic and need frequent blood transfusions. We do all the background testing to make sure that they get the safest and most compatible blood products possible. So yeah, that's what I went to school for. I got my bachelor's degree in that. And um, yeah, I love it. It's not, it's not like a highly recognized field, I'd say. You know, like nursing is more frontline and I feel like they get a lot of love and appreciation. So I don't think it's necessarily for everyone because I know some people, to some people that's really important. And, you know, there's that book about love languages to where, you know, some people that's what they need to feel appreciated. And, and I totally get that. So it's not for everyone. It's kind of more in the background, but it is an important part of healthcare. So. Yeah, no, that's super awesome. I know Fumi thinks highly of your field and she always talks oh. about you. She, she really was excited to yeah. come on. So she's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I'll let her know. One question I think, so what got you into like, did you have to do a class or scholarship or I guess why medical laboratory science? What made you That's a great that? question. <laughs> um, well, my most of my life, I always knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. And growing up, I always thought I wanted to be a doctor. And then I realized how much schooling and money goes into that. And I was like, ah, maybe that's not for me because I knew I really wanted to be a mom as well. So I thought that would be that would be difficult for me to do. But I was thinking nursing for a while, but I don't know, it didn't it didn't sound right. And so I went to an advisor at BYU and she told me about this program. And I don't know, it just piqued my interest. Um, I've always really liked science, like looking at cells in the microscope and stuff like that. So it just really interested me and 
And uh, yeah, I applied to the program and got in and yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Awesome. Uh, do you find yourself meeting other Polynesians or in the field that you go to or that you went um, to or even now? No, <laughs> there's not a lot. I worked with one Tongan lady when I was working in St. George at that hospital. But, but yeah, it's pretty rare to see Polynesians in this field. Oh, but also my cousin, she now is in the field because I told her about it. But, but yeah, it's pretty rare, but it's not, it's not really a well-known field overall though. So, so what, what uh, groups, like what ethnic groups are more dominant in that field that you're in? Uh, Definitely Caucasian is a majority of who I've worked with. I've worked with quite a few Asians too. So I'd say those are the two biggest. Uh, as for getting going into this uh, niche field that you're in, uh, what are the, the steps to get to that? For sure, you think a bachelor's would yeah, help? Yeah, yeah. Or is there any way for someone to come right out of high school to get to where you're at? My, my field specifically, you need to have, at least in associates, I know some schools have associate programs. But then your title is a little bit different. You'd be called a medical laboratory technician and you don't get, you get paid a little bit less. But to be a medical laboratory scientist, you have to have a bachelor's degree. You can like get into the laboratory field straight out of, um, straight out of high school, but it would just be a different position. There's like processing positions, um, things like that to get you familiar with the lab. But yeah, my position specifically requires a bachelor's degree. All right. I mean, what's, what's exciting about what you're doing? Like, I guess, I know you personally, you're, you like this kind of stuff, but if you were to advertise it to a Polynesian youth or a young high school person trying to have it the same direction as you, how would you like? Yeah. How do I talk it up? <laughs> I, so I really like my department, transfusion specifically, because I feel like every day is different and there's always something exciting. So we deal with a lot of like trauma cases. So, you know, if people get hurt in accidents and they come in as, into the hospital as a trauma patient, we have to get all the blood products ready for that. And oftentimes in those scenarios, it's it's very fast paced. We have to, you know, the pager goes off and we have to hurry up and pack the cooler of blood so that the nurses can take it. So it can be, I don't know, it, it can be stressful, but also very exciting and rewarding as well. When you know that you've done all you can to help the patient, you know, there's many instances in the OR when, when surgeries go bad and the patient starts bleeding and they call us to prepare blood stat. I don't know. It's just kind of exciting to me. Stressful, but exciting and, and also very rewarding when, when you hear that, you know, the patient's doing well. I mean, that's not always the case, but it's rewarding to know that you've done all you can to help the patient. So that's pretty sick. That's awesome. So you're like, I'm just trying to think of, uh, the medical shows <laughs> I watch and, if, yeah. If there's bleeding or anything, you're the yeah. guys they, yeah, they bring like, up. Get the blood here, stat. And we're like, okay, calm down. 
Yeah. So out of out of any of the medical shows like Grey's Anatomy or anything, uh, do they have a character that's in your position that we could reference um, after? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. You're just they're just yeah. you're just a blood guy. But I also didn't blood. finish Grey's Anatomy. It got too much for me, so <laughs> maybe towards the end. All right. No, you're good. <laughs> and then um I this is just a unique question, like it, how important is it to know your blood type? Like, I don't know if that's something that you go yeah, through. Yeah, so that, that's um, part of the testing that we do. We, um, When patients need blood products, we always have to determine their blood type. And then we do an antibody screen to see if they have any antibodies in their blood to red cells. That So if they received like a specific type of blood from a donor patient, we just check to make sure there's no reactions. I mean, we do the best we can in the testing, but we can't always predict what the body's going to do. Sometimes the body still reacts, but we try to, we try to minimize that as much as possible. Cool. Yeah. I know that. I think Fumi and I got tested. I think Fumi is something with O, O Mm, positive or negative. And that's, Something we like to brag about, but that's why I'm doing it. What, the, what do you call the old negative people? Oh, like, yeah. Is there it's a name the for it? Or uni- just universal humans? donors. So, and what's the opposite the of that? The opposite of that is, I guess, a, oh, it's AB. Yeah. So if, you're, okay. if your blood type is O-neg, that means if you donate blood, then it can safely go to pretty much anyone. Yeah, we try our best to give ourselves to the world. But, and then uh, you did bring up your pay. Uh, you don't have to bring up your pay currently, but like starting pay, like just to give a resource to these guys, like what we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, so I know the starting pay right now, at least for my company, I work for Intermountain, Intermountain Health, and they start now at 58000 just straight out of college, but... I know with my position, you can go up to 98,000, but it is an entry-level position, just work, just doing the testing, working the bench is what they say, but there's also, there's many opportunities to move up, you know, uh, as a supervisor or a manager, and there's other lab positions that, and they all have a different pay scale, so, so yeah, there's, it, it pays pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, that's a great range. Thanks for sharing that information. Starting at 58K right out of college, it's a good opportunity to bless people and bless your family. And then what are what are your hours look like? I mean, currently. Um, currently, I, I actually don't work full time. I'm my position is what's called PRN. And so so if full time people need days off or have vacation or have sick days, then they just ask me to cover and and I cover their shifts when I can. So it's more flexible. Oh, that's nice. So there's flexibility yeah. for a young mother of yeah. three. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was looking for. I did work full time for a few years while while Kyle, my husband, was still in school, but but we kinda flipped roles. So And what's uh you said PRN. Can you break that down? Um I think what does that mean? Uh, I think it just means per diem. It just means um, okay. someone that covers as needed, really. And it's uh, it's like a big hospital term. But 
So a lot of so a lot of other positions in the hospital have people that are PRNs like nurses and surgical techs. So it's not just just our field, but it's a hospital thing. Awesome. You know, uh, you, you mentioned you went to BYU and you got your bachelor's there, and I know BYU is pretty intense uh, school. So I'm sure there's a lot of testing for going into this field. One is OCHEM. Can you talk about that and kind of give us a what that looks uh, like? Yeah, OCHEM. <laughs> so OCHEM, it wasn't actually required for my program, but I took it because at one point I was planning to go to PA school and it's required for PA school. But, um, but yeah, I took it and it was one of the hardest classes I ever took. It's, yeah, it's no joke. It really sucked. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I passed, but I I just studied hard all the time. I was always in talking with a TA, one of the teacher's assistants, and getting help from them. And I had a good study group. That's really what, what got me through college, just getting good, solid study groups and people that are reliable in the group. So, yeah, just a lot of time, really, and, and a lot of praying, too. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, how was that, how was that balance? Because I know we interacted because of our faith in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. How did you balance that out, or did you like just close out everything just to focus on this? Test? Um, no, I feel like I was able to balance pretty well. You know, I always wanted I wanted to be active in the church and have a good social life, and I think at that time. I, oh, I was also dating Kyle. So, you know, that's, that's important too and takes up time, but just, I don't know. I just, I didn't waste a lot of time in college or I tried not to waste too much time. So just any, you know, if I had an hour between classes, I would go to the library, make use of it and tried not to get on social media too much because you can just lose so much time on that. So I don't know. There is always there is always yeah. time to study. It's just kind of being committed and actually doing it. So, I mean, Rachel, you make it sound like college is a breeze, but yeah, you had way more discipline than I would. And um, did you have any other siblings or relatives that went through BYU, or what got you excited? I know you and Fumi met in at Soar, but. Was there any group or people that kind of led you that direction growing up in um, Vegas? No, I mean, I I had no previous siblings or cousins that went there, but I don't know. I just, I knew that BYU was a tough school and I just, I wanted to see if I could get in. And in high school, I was also really focused academically. My brother right before me, Billy, he always got good grades and so it was kind of like kind of like a competition between us in high school. <laughs> so I don't know, in high school I already had that mentality to work hard and get good grades and so uh when it came time to apply for colleges, I was like, Well, why not apply for BYU? Everyone says it's impossible to get into, but we'll just see what happens and and yeah, they accepted me for some reason, but I'm grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. That, I mean, that's an achievement in itself, getting to a school like that. 
uh, which brought me to like hearing you talk. There's like when I think about my high school, like I was not into like studying or yeah. trying to be the best. It was more like my parents were like, "Your sister's gonna have better grades than you, and you're gonna be held back. You guys want to be in the same place." I guess what kind of like did your parents urge you guys to like read books or how did that look like in the home? Like- yeah, that's a that's an interesting story in itself because so my two older brothers, Marlon and Jared, they are they're awesome. I love them a lot. But in high school, you know, they didn't care about academics at all and were kind of into wrong into the wrong crowds and doing some things they shouldn't have been doing and so as a younger sibling I I would see my parents struggling with that you know I would overhear their conversations about how they were stressed out about what my brothers were doing and I saw how it was you know it was hurtful for them and I think that is honestly one of the biggest things that helped me and motivated me to to be good and and do well in school because I I don't know I kind of saw the consequences of the life the lives that they were living and the choices that they were making so you know I feel for them because they had to go through some bad things but at the same time I'm grateful that that helped me and my other brothers as well that were younger. So that was a big thing. But also my mom was a teacher at the time and she could check our grades. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was a big, that was a big motivator too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I got yeah. good job for moms. Middle or like, where are you at? So I'm number four. Um, yeah, so my I have three older brothers, Marlon, Jared, Billy, then me, and then my youngest brother is Nephi. Did uh did he end up going to BYU or what did the younger brother Yeah, end Nephi up doing? ended up going to BYU for a couple of years. He hasn't finished yet because he's thinking about um switching to the pathway program. Yeah. Awesome. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, pathway program is awesome. I know that. That's where Kyle and yeah. I started our journey with the school. Yeah, it's a great option. Which is mm-hmm. a really good program. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So fourth. Cool. So you both your parents that they have your mom was a teacher. <clears throat> did they did they have bachelor's degrees or did they end up going to school or what what Yeah, they, they both got bachelor's degrees. Um they and that's actually where they met. They both went to BYU Hawaii. And uh, my dad got a degree in in political science, and um, he was a teacher for a few years, teaching government, but then decided to do something else, and he's in construction, uh, in the construction business. But my mom got her bachelor's degree in biology, and so now she's a science teacher. Awesome. You know, just, I know you're speaking for your father, but do you know the biggest reason why he switched over from teaching to um, from what I've heard, because this was before I was born, but he said that just because they offered more, because sometimes you know t- teachers are kind of okay. underpaid. Yeah, that was a that was a while ago. I think early 1990s. Yeah, with construction, I've been down there and done that 
the money is real good. So good on your pops for providing for his family. Also with how I'm hearing about teachers nowadays, the parents and teachers mm-hmm. and whatnot. I mean, I'm grateful for teachers letting it, yeah, letting it out there. I, I gave some teachers hard yeah. times too. So I asked them for forgiveness. So cool. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for kind of giving us some more insight on another path. So being raised a Samoan comes with its challenges, but you kind of, we kind of already led into that already. Uh, what are some things that you feel were advantages or disadvantages as you were trying to decide going to your career? Going to my career, I guess one of the biggest things is that the culture instills in us hard work. And that's something that my my parents really emphasized. And so, I don't know, I, I've found that I've always had success in, in my work because of what my parents taught me of that really important value and to work hard and, and to be honest, you know, when I've made mistakes in the past, it, you know, it can be hard to admit, but if we're honest and, you know, humble about feedback, then I think everything turns out for the better. So those are some big things that I've, I've learned in my life. Yeah, Rachel, you're a hundred percent on that hard work, being a strength in our culture. I also know that because of the hard work, our people are capable of so much more. Your parents also went to school and encouraged you to put in work to also finish school. And your parents had a level head. They were both they both pretty educated uh, with the bachelor's degree. They had that focus. You had that focus to to do better uh, with the opportunity you had in front of you and take advantage of that. Besides your parents, did you have any other mentors that kind of guided you into the education path? I mean, my my grandparents always always encouraged me to go to college, uh, specifically my mom's parents, because well, I was just closer to them because they they live closer in Utah and Arizona. So, and they both love BYU. They're both. <laughs> They're both like fanatic fans. It's kind of crazy, but so I mean that kind of persuaded me to apply to BYU too. But but yeah, they always encouraged me to to work hard in school and and to go to college. So did you apply to other schools besides BYU? Because you know, what if you, the slight chance you didn't get yeah, into that I, school? Yeah, I just applied to BYU and SUU in Cedar City, but. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of okay. friends from high school going to UNLV in Las Vegas, but but I just wanted to get a different scenery, go out of state. So, would you move back to Vegas? Um, I mean, we've I mean we've thought about it many times. It'd be nice to be close to my parents and my brothers, but I don't think it'll ever happen because of Kyle. He's he's too much of a yeah. outdoorsy mountain man. So, but I love Utah too, and it is beautiful here. So, I think it'd be yeah. it'd be kind of hard to go back. Yeah, Utah's beautiful. Besides the snow, <laughs> I I do not like. It. Yeah, Kyle loves it, but yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I was thinking when you were talking about uh, education. 
there are there are some people that I've talked to in my circles that are like education is not that important. Like you can get education right. or make money without going right. the school route. With how high like school seems to be with loans and stuff, how did you overcome that, or are you still dealing with that? Um, no. Um, I graduated uh, without any loans, luckily, but I that I didn't get scholarships for all of it or anything. A big part of it was when I got married, we were able to qualify for FAFSA. And yeah, and I think people good. don't know too much about that, but I mean, that paid for even more than um, my tuition and Kyle's tuition. It helped us a little bit with rent too. They're pretty generous what, with what they give you if, um, you know, if your income is low enough. And if you're a student, I'm sure it is low enough. So that's a great resource for people to use. And then I know uh, with the Pathway Program through BYU-Idaho, that is really affordable education that a lot of people can take advantage of. So there are definitely a lot of things you can do to make it more affordable and to graduate without any crazy loans. So, Yeah, Rachel. Right on. Yeah. The FAFSA program is really good, especially when you're going to school and you're newly married. Good job for going to school and graduating a good program with no loans. That's amazing. Uh, we'll have to create a s special segment just to talk about that more. And uh, going back to the question, those people who don't see is the importance of going to school route. What would you, what would you advise the youth? Um, honestly, I, over the past 10 years, I've been a little conflicted about that myself because, because Kyle is, is an entrepreneur. He has that mindset. And so he's kind of been changing my mindset a little bit. And, um, we've done different entrepreneurial pursuits. But, but the one thing I'd say about college is that it seems to be a good, like a safe route, I'd say. And for us, with having my degree and my job, we've always felt secure. You know, even when with big layoffs going on, we know that there's always going to be a need um, in the medical field. And so I've been really grateful for that with getting my education and having that stability. But I also, I also see um, the appeal and, you know, the benefits of being an entrepreneur and, and not going the college route, because I've seen a lot of people be successful with that as well. But, but I don't know, I think that's definitely a big decision that everyone needs to make. But for us, you know, we've had our college degrees that have kept us secure. And, now we can also work on, um, you know, side things and in our spare time. So, so I'm grateful. So, you know, you can do both, but I guess that's um, a decision that everyone needs to make. Yeah, I agree. I love how you bring it down to the secure aspect. And you were also able to go to school without any loans and you chose a degree that is pretty useful throughout your whole life in the perspective of um the world so yeah i think you guys did really good i think you did really good rachel and 
you guys have a lot of good things to come. As I do see where you guys are personally, you guys graduated from school, both of bachelor's degree, and now you guys are looking into entrepreneurship. As word of advice to the audience, if you're a youth and the school is not what you're considering to pursue after you graduate high school, then just find something that you think that you would be able to live in and be happy with. There's, there's times where you can get stuck with a job that pays well, but later on in life, you'll see that it's not the type of job for you. I do believe that higher education is not only learned in books, uh, it's also learned in life experiences. But if you don't learn from those experiences and just go through your day happy with what you have today, I promise you in the next five to 10 years, there's going to be a turning point where you're going to be, man, what did I do with my life? With dating Kyle, I know you guys uh, met on your service mm-hmm. and your mission uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, I met my husband, Kyle, um, when we were both missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, at the time, we were both assigned to a small island in the Pacific called Palau. And um, nobody ever knows where it's at because it's you can't even see it on the map. But it's um, just a little bit south of Guam, which is a U.S. territory. Um, and yeah, we... Um, we're, there's a, let's see, there were 10 of us missionaries on the island and, you know, the island is so small. So we all got, we all got really close and we're all good friends to this day. Um, and so we, yeah, we taught people about Jesus Christ, but we also became good friends and, um, Kyle got home from his mission in August of, 2014 and I got home in December 2014 and um, we just decided to hang out and you know talk about our missions and stuff and then um, shortly after that he asked me on a date and and it was very awkward (laughs) Um, because when you're a missionary you know you don't even call each other by your by your first names you say elder or sister so we didn't even really know what to call each other but, um, but I don't know, we got over the awkwardness and yeah, it worked out. And, um, I'm grateful that I met him on, on my mission because I got to see a, a different side of him. I got to see, um, I don't know, a, a holier side of him. And, um, I saw what he was like serving the people. And I actually remember telling one of my companions that, um, you know, I think Elder Dop, I think uh, if I find a husband like that, I think I'll be good, you know. <laughs> but uh, I didn't, I obviously didn't know at the time that it'd be him, but but it worked out. And and uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest blessings from, from serving a mission. So I'm grateful. Awesome. And I mean, being a strong, independent Samoan woman, <laughs> Uh, marrying a a Caucasian mountain man <laughs> like Kyle, uh, 
how has that been in your relationship? I mean, you guys are still together. Sounds like yeah, it's working it's, out. Yeah, it's working out. Another stuff with. <laughs> We're seven years strong. Like, you know, like. Um, yeah, I mean, it was awkward <laughs> yeah. at first and I was so nervous to bring him home because I, I had my four brothers, only brothers. And so that's that's an intimidating thing in, in and of itself. But, um, and I, I remember my younger brother um, telling me, he's like, why do you like him? He's like kind of awkward, <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. I mean, he, he can be shy around people and not really show his true personality, but, but he's a good guy. And I don't know, eventually they, they, uh, my brothers got over it and got around, wrapped their heads around the idea of their little sister marrying a Balangi, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it was awkward at first, but, but it's been great. My family's been great about it. Has there, has there been anything in the Samoan culture that he brought up that he's not like a hundred percent? Like, he's like, man, you guys always do this. I don't like, has there been any discussions <laughs> on anything? Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing is <laughs> taking the shoes off, you know, in front of, in the, uh, the front of the house. I remember, yeah, we've had many debates about it. And, you know, sometimes I get frustrated because his family doesn't do that when they come in our house. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, tell them to take their shoes off. <laughs> but, but I don't, but, and then I guess with, um, I guess for him, you know, being kind of frustrated with our culture, I know he's mentioned, um, there's a lot of like formalities, you know, when, when you're with family and especially our extended family, um, because if it's just my parents and, uh, my siblings, it's a little more chill because, um, you know, we mostly all grew up in America, but, um, if it's with my extended family, then, you know, I have to tell him, you know, make sure you say too low when you walk in front of someone and make sure when it's time to eat, you got to make sure you're not the first one in line, you know. So there's little things like that. Um, and my dad, I don't know. I mean, in my with my dad and with my dad's sibling, it's a big thing to to make like speeches. And I think that is a cultural thing. But man, in my dad's family, it's like any opportunity to make a speech <laughs> they take advantage of it and so that's something that Kyle has been like why do we have to have so many speeches <laughs> and I get it I mean nobody wants to have a speech all the time listen to a speech but yeah there's little things like that is there anything else that you'd like to bring up I don't know I just really like what you were saying at the beginning about um you know, the purpose of your podcast is to help people um, to realize that they can pursue their passions and their dreams even later in life. Um, I totally 100% agree with that. I don't think you're ever too old to go to school or start something new. Um, you know, I mean, I, I have so many family members and people that I know that have been in jobs for years that, that they hate, you know. And, um, I think that's kind of sad and, um, I totally understand stability and, and all that, but, 
um, I, I do think it's important to pursue your passion and, um, and do something, do something that you love and don't be scared to try new things. I'm, I'm excited. I really love everything you've shared. I mean, my outlines are pretty similar, uh, with everyone I've interviewed so far and it's always, it always gets something new. And I know that there's probably things that we could talk about after when I start editing and like, ah, we should yeah. focus on this, but I'm so grateful for your time and, and just, just being able to share your life with us yeah. uh, here in Colors yeah, and Actions. Yeah, thanks for having so, me on. I appreciate it. Uh, as we get into the last part of our podcast, there's this part I call it audience challenge. Uh, basically, it's something that's has been inspirational to you that altered your life that I would like you to share with the audience or challenge them. Yeah, when I uh, saw that on the outline, the thing the thing that I originally that I guess immediately came to mind is is a scripture that has gotten me through a lot. Um, and it's a scripture. It's in a modern book of scripture called Doctrine and Covenants that uh, we study as um, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's in Doctrine and Covenants section 6, verse 36. And this is the Lord speaking. And he says, Look unto me in every thought, doubt not, fear not. And um, yeah, that scripture has just gotten me through a lot and um, has helped me, especially in times when I've, in times of self-doubt and thinking that, you know, I couldn't pass the tests or um, I couldn't get into my program at school um, or even just challenging times um, um, in our marriage or um, financial troubles. It's just helped me through a lot. And I know that um, I know that focusing on fear can be, um, can be really destructive and discouraging, but, um, if we just trust in, in the Lord, you know, if we're religious, then, um, then I know that everything will work out for our good. Amen to that. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I mean, whoever's listening to this, you know, if you don't, if you believe in Buddha or whatever, some universal yeah. power, hopefully it's, it's some deity that you look up to. But yeah, fear is 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 not going to help you get to where you mm-hmm. want to be. But thank you for sharing that scripture and that faith that you have so strongly. Kind of, you kind of wrapped it up with the the last question. But um, if you can go back to your adulthood, is there anything you would change from where you're sitting now? Um, yeah, I think a big thing would be, um, how I manage finances. Um, that's another thing that Kyle has helped me with so much because he is stingy with his money. And (laughs) I mean, there's pros and cons to it. Right. But, um, but mostly pros and, um, so, yeah, I just remember being an adult in college and not being good with my finances at all. So so that's something that that I would definitely change and something that I'm grateful for Kyle for for helping me. Yeah, I mean, there's always a spender in a relationship <laughs> yeah. and there's a saver. And, and it's crazy because in my home, like growing up, I'm the saver. 
when it comes to Fumi and I, I become the spender, which is crazy. (laughs) Fumi's for sure the saver. And I guess one question I didn't bring up is where where do you want to see yourself in five years? Uh, In five years, um, we'll have you know three, maybe four kids. Um, But a big goal of ours is uh, we hope to have a more passive income stream. Um, that's what we're working really hard on right now so that um, so that Kyle doesn't have to work full time at his day job anymore and we can spend more time with our kids and travel more and um, participate in more long-term volunteer opportunities. You know, right now we're able to volunteer like here and there, but um, I'd love to be able to spend like an hour or two like with a refugee family every day or um or serving in in one of our church temples more often so those are those are some of our goals for the next five years well rachel i appreciate you for your time here and giving us your view and your life i do wish you and your family the best in the next five years and for your goals and again, I appreciate you coming on to this podcast. Pioneering in a field that is not commonly known or credited for the success of many lives saved. This was a really fun interview for me. As we discussed in this podcast, you highlighted some of the greatest values from your Polynesian heritage, both that of hard work and honesty. These are some of the traits that I also grew up learning from my parents. Throughout the years, I have heard a simple quote in many aspects, work hard, play hard. In a sport, this is easily qualitative. If you won the game, you did as the quote, work hard, play hard. If you lost the game though, somewhere along the way, you failed to work hard. In life, the game never ends until the last breath. I know that my focus on this podcast is on the next generation. But after listening and editing more interviews, this podcast will not only be for those of the next generation, but those of the current and past generations. This is for all generations. Please, to those who are listening, follow your passions. If you feel like you are stuck at a nine to five you do not like, don't stay in this situation. I'm not saying quit cold turkey, but find something you love. Heck, keep the nine to five just to make supplemental income, but work on your passion. It could be sewing, cooking, dancing. Yes. And even playing video games. Follow that, learn more about it. Then learn what you need to take to earn some money from it. And from that passion, put in that hard work. No excuse. Like Rachel shared, doubt not, fear not. Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Dale Carnegie. That wraps up this episode, Blood, Sweat, and Hard Work. If you made it to the end of this podcast, you know what you need to do. Hit that like and subscribe. Until next time, stay blessed, have fun, 
and be a color in action.